Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. This is Season 5, Episode 62, Why We're All Prone to Falling in Love with a Narcissist. Are you struggling to understand why you keep becoming addicted to love with a narcissist? This episode provides practical guidance to help you recognize and break old habits. Plus, we have a few tarot readings in there with Whitney Walker, our guest. And the thing is, though, with any of us who have gotten caught up in addiction, it ain't over till it's over. Sometimes it takes what it takes. You have to let it run its course because, and I realized this the other day, is that I had to go through all these relationships to finally be so fed up and realize, have that aha moment of, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to take the bait. I don't want to compromise myself just because it feels so enticing when, you know, oh, this guy asked for my number and oh, he just texted me, but then he didn't call me for two weeks. But that's okay because it felt so good when he did. I don't think I want to do it. Whitney Walker is a licensed marriage and family therapist where she works with individuals, couples, and families with a focus on substance abuse, addiction treatment, eating disorders, trauma, and a strong spiritual emphasis. Whitney is the host of Women Waken podcast. I have the pleasure of producing Whitney's podcast, so I'm a little partial to it. So definitely go check out her podcast. Whitney values intuition and authentic expression, both in the therapy room and in life. This outlook led her to embrace tarot reading as a fun and effective adjunct to therapy. And we did three tarot readings for listeners in the episode today. So let's go. Hello, Whitney. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you, Raven? I'm well. It's so good to have you here. I really am excited to have your expertise here for all of our empaths today, talking a bit about love addictions. Why are we always so like stuck in this cycle? Oh, we need to find the love detox <laughs> we plan. Do. I love that. That's what I've decided. That's a great, that's a great <laughs> model. Love detox plan. Especially us empaths, we get so like sucked into this push and pull and do they love me? Or it's like that, like he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not flower. Is it really common yes. for us who are in that cycle to lean on something, maybe substance or some other unhealthy coping mechanism? Like, am I the only one that did it or are we all kind of in the same boat? So here's the thing. Yes, we can try to find things to change how we feel when we're in a very up and down and tumultuous relationship, reaching for coping mechanisms. However, what also happens, Raven, is that abusive and toxic relationships often lend themselves to other forms of addiction because it is an addiction to an unhealthy connection because the nature of an unhealthy connection is just like any other drug. It gives you a quick fix. It lifts you way up high, but it drops you right back down and you got to get up again. 
So let's say we're in a toxic relationship and sometimes we are their sun and their moon and other times they've disappeared for two weeks. We don't know who they're talking to. We're trying to search them and see how we can figure out who else they're talking to, what they're doing. And we want something else because we're, we're not getting that mm-hmm. fix. So it's common for those who even tend to get into unhealthy relationships to have already found other outlets that will give them that same effect, whether it's substance abuse, drugs or alcohol, whether it's some form of an eating disorder, binge eating or restricting to feel some kind of control or validation, because that's also the addictive part in a toxic relationship. You get so validated at some times and then then they know how to come around and make that one comment to take you down. Where they say, oh, well, you don't look very good tonight. What are you wearing? Like, what is that? What did you do different? And you, and it doesn't matter how strong you are as a woman, how intelligent, how successful. I don't know about you, but I've been re- reduced to back to my eight-year-old self that says, oh, what do you mean? What is it? What don't you like? What's, oh, I, yeah. I don't look okay. And it's remarkable how we can go from maybe our daytime job, our day life, where we are in our power, in our essence, and go home to a relationship where we, someone on the outside could probably never fathom that we would be in that situation. Right. And that's why they're so confused about I don't like know. once you leave and they kind of seem like you're crazy because you're so strong at work. You're so strong on the outside. And of course, when you go out, everyone puts their mask on, but behind closed doors, they've, they've really reduced you down to a shell of who you are. Yes. Yes. And it's incredible how that can happen to anybody, especially those of us who are empaths, where, yes, we're addicted to that, those highs and the intensity, but we also have, want to believe that there is a loving person in there, that they are just struggling, that they have their own trauma, their own issues, but those loving moments are real and that They genuinely care about us. And if we could just get the formula right, it could be good all the time. But also, Raven, that's exactly what people say with a drinking problem. When they get sober, they'll say, I spent so many years trying to get the formula right. Okay, I'll only drink wine. I'll only drink beer. I won't do the hard stuff. You're trying. It's like a Rubik's Cube. But you're never going to get it right because it's toxic. It's unhealthy and it's an addiction. I love that analogy. And I've experienced both of those. I don't know if you know this, but I was a situational alcoholic, which I wanted to dive in a bit more. Like I was able to not have to go to AA when I left, you know, and it was in a healthy relationship. Although I probably would have continued to rely on alcohol if it wasn't for my completely sober partner. He was like the person that helped me. But you kind of fall into those unhealthy coping mechanisms. And I kept telling myself, like, I'm not an alcoholic. I just am really unhappy. And that's kind of like a interesting narrative too. Because I think I would have continued with that unhealthy coping mechanism if I didn't have for my husband. Yes. I said the same thing. I was in, when I was in my mid-20s, I had my first actual relationship and I was drinking off the hinges and I would say, well, it's because you're so controlling. It's because you make me so frustrated. It's because we try to attribute it to things outside of ourselves. And it, it, 
to be fair, it can exacerbate, right? And there are some people who once they're out of certain situations, they level out and can still use substances. But I myself found that it wasn't just him. It, it was anything in life that wasn't how I wanted it that caused me to drink yeah. excessively. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a bit of, this is going to like go into Astros, but like I remember looking at my, oh, yeah. is it Neptune that has is something about addictions? I think it's Neptune because it kind of takes you into the depths. The and depths, I remember going, that's it. Oh, that's crap. the underworld. My Neptune is in my fourth house. It's in Sagittarius. Like, what does that mean? And it, it just kind of brought awareness to the fact that I can kind of be a little bit too much, like too adventurous with certain unhealthy coping mechanisms. And I got to rein myself back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're all there. We all yeah. have certain aspects of where is that Neptune in your chart? Take a look. Let us know in your chart. So this kind of links into, so we're addicted to substances. Is there a crossover with being addicted to this, to love? And I wanted to read you these things because when you had said, let's talk about addiction to love, I was like, yes. And you know that one song? I don't know who the band is. And I just looked it up today. It's in like the 90s song. It's like addicted to love. It got stuck on my head. To love. Robert, Robert Palmer, Palmer, baby. Robert head, Palmer. So- that was in that was in cocktails, cocktails with Tom Tom yes, Cruise. Yes, it was in cocktails. <laughs> totally Tom Cruise. Yes, song. So and so the lyrics though are really like very relatable, but it seems like it's not relatable when you're listening to it because it's kind of like funky. But your mind is not your own. Can't sleep. Can't eat. Throat is tight. Can't breathe. Another kiss is all you need. A one track mind. I mean, it was just like. Holy crap, this is like talking about me in my relationship with my narcissist. And then you like you self-hoover yourself back in every time I try to leave. It was that like I couldn't breathe, I couldn't exist without him. And I kept going back to it. So talk to us more about addiction to love. Yes. Yes. Well, the thing is that it's very complex, right? It's multifaceted. It's the same factors that are in any addiction, yet it's two people that are engaging in it together. So it's way more provocative and seductive and multi-layered and interesting, right? The thing about substance abuse is it it becomes this real dark hole that you're in alone, right? When you get to a point where because most people who end up needing to get sober, first they do it socially and then they start to recognize that they can't really do it socially because they don't drink like everyone else, so they have to kind of do it on the sly behind the scenes more. And then it becomes more solo drinking, less social drinking until it's all solo drinking. And you're just there and and it doesn't even feel good anymore. You're just drinking just to feel stable sometimes if you've gotten to that point and you're doing (laughs) it. Yeah. 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 So it gets real dark in that hole. You get into the same hole in a relationship. However, there's more peaks. There can be more spikes. I mean, I think you would agree, Raven, that also towards the end, it's so dark and dim that your soul almost feels like it's left you in any addiction. And we've probably all been there in a relationship where we just feel so wounded and just so exhausted from and defeated. I think that's a good word, just defeated, that we're not even enjoying it anymore. We're just, we're just taking it. And if you are able to get out of it, it, it's a challenging thing because it's usually like a 
a slow crawl. Just you don't have much left. Yeah, and especially when the narcissist has convinced everyone else that you're the crazy one when you're reacting to their abuse. It's like ten times fold, like isolating and defeating. So there's also one of the biggest challenges of an abusive relationship is that you've been gaslit. I know it's a really popular term, but it it holds great truth, which is that when your feelings are not validated but are told to be incorrect, your mind becomes warped. It's hard to know up from down. And And if you're narcissist is trying to turn people in your life against you and people in your life that you love are telling you, don't mess this up. Don't do this. You need to get in line. You need to work yeah. it out with this person. It, it It's crazy making. It really is. And even without that, like I, I didn't really speak with my family, so I didn't have that compounding, but I know others have had, even if you don't have that, it is crazy making. I literally thought I was taking crazy pills. Yeah. Like he was sneaking something in my water or something. It just like felt so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's also talk a little bit about the early stages because I would love people to be able to identify those who are maybe not too deep into it, or maybe people like me who have dated around and not had had as many long-term relationships. It crops up pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. It's, it can be hard at first. Like you're like, oh, they just are kind of, they're not that good at correspondence or they just get a little irritated sometime or they're, they're just being honest with me. They just put me in my place and that's good. There's the tricky part, Raven also is that it can be a fine line between a constructive relationship where you're growing with someone and just a flat out abusive one where people are trying to get the upper hand. So they'll consistently put you down. Big difference. Big distinction. But at the time, you can feel, especially if you want a relationship, if you want it to work out, and you're like, but I I finally met someone, and sometimes they treat me so well, but other times they say things that I feel like it's not right. I feel like it's not really nice, not really appropriate, but maybe it's just I need to hear it. Maybe I'm going to develop from this. I feel like empaths are so open to that growth, and and we're so open to that constructive criticism, and then boom, they get you. Oh my God. So totally. That's what's the, the biggest percentage problem. would you say that you should be receiving this criticism over it being like healthy and good? So that's the thing is that true constructive growth is never based in criticism, right? It'd be the same thing if let's say we ask somebody for feedback on our podcast and someone will come and say, it's great. Something that I think could really make it even better is if we change this. But someone who comes in and says, I actually haven't even listened to it because I just find it so boring that I can't get through the first few minutes. That's a criticism, right? That's just somebody, for whatever reason, not feeling like they want – maybe they're a little bit jealous. They're like, well, it's pretty cool you're doing a podcast, and they they just aren't able to lift you up. They want to kind of take you down. Same thing. When somebody comes in and they say, it just seems like you don't really know the value of a true relationship. And that's why you're not being more devoted to me. And that's why you're not making more of an effort. That's, that's an underhanded criticism. That's someone trying to get into your psyche to make you question yourself and make you wonder like, oh, maybe I am the bad guy here. Maybe I'm being too independent. 
Maybe I'm not giving enough. <laughs> Says the empath who gives so much. Let, let's the see narcissist what it, will tell you that. <laughs> yes. 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 And, and, and we also have to reframe, right? There, it's so important from the get-go to play the game of think of someone in your life who is a healthy, stable mm-hmm. person in your life, mm-hmm. a really good friend, maybe a parent, maybe a past relationship that was healthy, and think, would this person ever say that mm-hmm. to me? And it's amazing how sometimes you picture that and you're like, no, they would never say that. And then you have to ask yourself, then why are you allowing for it from this person? Why are you considering this something that's maybe not bad if you know darn well that one of your most loyal, truthful friends would never say it because they don't want to hurt you and this person might be trying to hurt you? That's a great reflective moment. I love that. Yeah, think of one person. Yeah. Okay, one quick question before we do our tarot reading on this exact topic. Okay. Is we have three questions, you guys. So we have one, and then we're going to do two more at the end. The question, though, what if you aren't sure if, let's say, your parents or your friends in the past, aren't they weren't healthy? Like, what if you're so turned upside down, you don't know what healthy looks like? Then... What we need to do is we need to look within. We need to take a silent moment to ourselves because I've done this. I don't know about you, but when I was in a really rough relationship, sometimes I would excuse myself to go to the bathroom and just sit and say, how do you feel about this? How do you really – because they are going to try and contort reality and make it feel like they only got angry because you weren't doing what a loving companion would do or you weren't being selfish because you weren't paying attention to every single word they say which I've been in that situation before where somebody was being totally irrational. And again, the empath, I was like, maybe I should have been following his every word. And I sh- this person got mad at me for reaching for my glass of water while he was showing me what he picked from the garden that day. Just a quick little, and I, in that place was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have turned away for one second. Again, you have to align with, is that a normal response for someone to throw a fit because you're not following mm. everything they do? No, that's the behavior mm. of a child. Yes. Unfortunately, a lot of narcissists deep down are just children who are hysterically insecure and just want, need that attention. So it's turned into this vicious thing. Mm. So really kind of sitting and saying, would I, and even maybe ask this, if, if you haven't gotten that for someone else, ask, would I ever say that mm. to somebody? Would I say, would I respond that if I was trying to tell somebody something and they reach for their glass of water for one second, would I say, you know what? I'm just forget about it. I'm not going to talk to you because you don't care about what I have to say. Mm. I love that. Would you do that? And all, for all of us listening, so check in with yourself. No. We would give them space if they're thirsty yeah. to get to drink a water before you show them a picture. Right? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And another quick takeaway I want to offer for people when you're in this new dating situation, because this is something I've noticed. I love in therapy using the analogy of the tree, where we always want to be growing our roots and staying true to our core, staying with ourselves, right? If you're in a relationship where somebody is always a little bit dismissive, and so you constantly feel like you're reaching rather than being like in your element, in your rooted self, that you're like, oh, wait, but well, I actually meant to say this, or oh, well, do you like this? Do you like you're trying to get them back, right? Because they're, because yeah. you know how they'll, they'll withdraw. Men, these men can act. They'll be like, they'll withdraw. They'll suddenly be like, I don't care about that. Or why would you say that? And you'll be like, oh, wait, let me, let me fix that. The codependency coming yeah. out, right? Like, oh, no, I want you to like what I have to say. 
I want you to approve mm-hmm. of me. Again, that's not something that appears in a healthy relationship. They're not going to waver about how they feel about you based on whether your comment was intelligent enough or interesting enough to them. They're also not going to ask much about you. That's another thing to keep in mind. When someone's not curious about you, they just want to always, or maybe they were in the beginning to reel you in, but then you notice that you're constantly trying to generate the conversation because they're not. You know, just think of that. If you're If you were a tree and you would be falling over, you might be in a unhealthy dynamic. I love that. Are you a leaning tree or are you a a tall centered tree? Ooh. And man, can it ever be hard, right? When you're like in that dating stage and you you like somebody a lot, but you're like, man, I'm leaning. I'm leaning hard with this one. And I don't think I don't think it's good. I gotta walk away, but I don't want to. Because you're addicted. Addicted to, love. addicted to love. I just love face it. You're addicted to love. I love face it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, let's pull out your tarot deck. She's gonna shuffle and we're gonna go to commercial break. And after commercial break, we're gonna read this tarot question. Are you ready for the number one thing that will finally repel the narcissist for good? When you are unaware of how you were conditioned in childhood and by your toxic ex, you find yourself lost and in cycles of pain and melodrama. The good news is you can break free from those. And in our Patreon, I am starting a new tier on Love Detox. This is a new experiment and I'm going to have it last eight weeks. We will meet weekly in order to have group coaching sessions and hold space for keeping you accountable that you are still remaining no contact with the narcissist. If this sounds amazing and you want to join in and grab all the tools that helped me remain narcissist free, literally in every aspect of my life, then you definitely want to join this Patreon tier to get your love detox on, to clear out the narcissist for good from your life by cutting cords, energetically removing them from your heart and your life and creating more space for abundance and love to flow into your life. If that's you, then go ahead into the show notes and join the love detox tier. So this question's coming in from my dear beloved empath, Jody, And she, her question is, I can't stay away from the narcissist. Why do I put myself in this danger? Girl, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Okay. So let's take a moment to uh, gonna bring some energy into these cards. And we're going to inquire about this very important question. Because I think that anybody who's been in a toxic or unhealthy relationship knows that exact feeling. It's hard to quit. It's hard to quit that intensity. It's hard to let go of the addictions we've established, which are multifaceted. We want them to call. We want them to see us. We want them to be thinking about us. We want them to be looking at our social media. We want them to do all these things because we're tied to them. We've we've made these ties. Mm -hmm. So Let's see what the cards have to tell us because I'm curious too. I want to know. Why can't I why can't I let go of this guy? Why did I stay with that guy for a year? Jeez. 
I know someone, uh, our listeners, I'm just letting, relating to you. It could be a year, it could be 10 years, it could be 30. I just had someone call, reach out. 30 years. Oh, what is my that? gosh. I okay. love this. I love that this came out. This is the judgment Ooh, so card. So it's a major arcana judgment card. It's a major arcana. It's the judgment. It's number 20. It's right before the world, which is where everything changes and you get everything you ever wanted. I was just thinking about this today, Raven, that sometimes we are, we come into these relationships. First of all, I want to say, I want to offer everyone to remember when we get into an abusive relationship or with a narcissist, it is always ultimately for our highest good because it gives us the greatest opportunity to reach down and find the truth about ourselves and how we truly deserve to be treated and who we truly are and what we're not going to tolerate. This, the judgment is saying it is time to take the higher call. It's time to not feed in to the, I, I call unhealthy relationships or addictions, I always refer to the devil card in tarot because that's what the devil card is. It's addiction. It's that bondage to something that we know is not good for us. But man, does it ever feel good. The devil is the most seductive thing you will ever encounter. And so is the narcissist. Mm. And they will tell you that it's going to be so wonderful when you come back to them. And they'll say, I just want to come see you. And that's why this, it, our, the caller is asking this question because that's what probably happens. She's miserable. She's on her last leg. She is crying every night. And then mm. he calls. And then we get that hit in our brain, that dopamine, that all of a sudden, all that pain just washes away and we're, we just want to see them. Mm -hmm. And we say, it's okay. It's fine. We'll just, maybe it'll be different this Well, I know time. specifically it's right? situation so for her because I know a little bit more intimately and maybe you could speak to this is she might be kind of dreading it, but then also she'll go over there because it's, it's a weekly drop-off situation. So she physically has to interact okay. with them once a week. Yeah. Okay. So when she's saying, does she, when she interacts with him, is she getting, like, is she engaging with him, like, romantically? Not romantically, but just, them? like, in the space. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not, so then she's not still in a relationship with him. No, she's not in a right? relationship still, but she feels like this heart okay. tug to spend time. And ah, okay, gotcha. So it, it's like she still has the the yes. cord connected, yes. that attachment. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's those same things that um, as an empath, even if somebody tr treated us badly, we still feel a connection to them. And anyone that we had a intensity with, we feel even more bonded with. There's also that idea that when you've invested so much time in somebody, sometimes it's hard to admit that it was not good and we have to let it go mm -hmm. completely. So again, this judgment card coming up for, it was Jody, Jody right? Mm -hmm. Coming up for Jody is saying it's time to make that final judgment call, which is I choose to honor myself above all else. I choose to let go. And this is also pertinent because Raven, you know, the astrology right now, there's so much going on with releasing. It is go, it's judgment time for basically the whole world because this energy is saying, we are, you don't even know what we're coming into now. We're coming into big stuff. Your true ultimate self is ready to come forward and follow your soul path. And it can't involve these energies from the past that kept you limited in your belief about yourself, kept you in a place where you thought that you weren't good enough and that you were deserving of the absolute minimum treatment of love. 
you deserve it all, Jody. Jody deserves the whole shebang of great love and true romance and true unconditional treatment where you're actually treated well. Yeah. I just came across this book. It's called, Is This What You Really Want? And it says, Overcoming Trauma to Get the Relationship. Is this what you really want? Yes. Yeah, I have her book. She's been on the podcast. Yes. And you can tune into her episode number 50, What to Do When the Narcissist Triggers Your Panic Attacks. And the guest is Sylvia Araya. Yes. Shout out to Oh, Sylvia. how funny. I just messaged her to ask her to be yay, on the podcast, yay, which yay, she's going to be. Because that hit me like a tongue of bricks because, and then that's a whole other bag of worms, but I will at least introduce it, is that all of this underneath is our trauma. And when we are consistently engaging in relationships with narcissists or abusers, it's because the trauma is driving the bus. The trauma, we're not, we don't even know what love is if we've only had abusive yeah. relationships. We are trying to validate that deep, deep pain that says, mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. And here comes this bright, shiny man who says, yeah, I think you, you might be worthy. And you say, I am? And they keep you on the line. And sometimes you're worthy and sometimes you're not. And sometimes you're worthy and sometimes it's you're like not. It's like the carrot in front of the donkey. But it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's why we have to stand up with this judgment and say, I'm done. I'm not going to take the carrot anymore. I'm going to find my own carrot. I'm going to be that, that tree and ground my roots. And because here's the thing. When we establish who we are, love comes mm -hmm. to us. We find each other. We find that true love because we're finally putting out that message, that energy, that vibration, that who I am as I am is everything I ever needed to be. And then our light really shines. Mm -hmm. I always use the analogy that when we stop trying to contort ourselves to get someone to love us and we just relax. Gene. I think you also know Jean Bialik, the soulmate coach who speaks of letting your freak flag fly. Ooh, I think so, but the name doesn't sound quite familiar. Okay. Yeah. So she talks about letting yeah. your freak flag fly. And it's basically the same thing. When you finally say, I'm just going to be me and I'm going to stop chasing after men who are indifferent <laughs> and who it feels so good to get their attention, but it doesn't last. We've learned a hundred times. Again, that's why we reached, and Jody has reached 20. She's reached the end of the major arcana because she's ready. And the thing is though, with any of us who have gotten caught up in addiction, it ain't over till it's over. Sometimes it takes what it takes. You have to let it run its course because, and I re realized this the other day, is that I had to go through all these relationships to finally be so fed up and realize, have that aha moment of, I don't want to do yeah. this anymore. I don't want to yeah. take the bait. I don't want to compromise myself just because it feels so enticing when, you know, oh, this guy asked for my number and oh, he just texted me, but then he didn't call me for two weeks. But that's okay because it felt so good when he did. I don't think I want to do it. I want someone who's yeah. consistent and loyal and honest and stable themselves and not playing these yeah. games. Man, those games so get old. What is and what toxic cycle, well. what negative pattern that you find yourself in are you ready to release and pass? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so this is super powerful. And I feel like this card is for Jody, but also for yeah. everyone listening. Because I would say, Raven, that I'm sure there's people who are possibly at the beginning stages and curious. But I think when they found your podcast, they're likely tr 
towards the tail end of saying, I feel real done with this. And now that I'm listening to the show a lot and all these light bulbs are turning on in my head about what's really been going on all these years, it's scary, which I also want to note, there's so many resources, therapists like myself, trusted friends and family where you can speak to and say, I feel sick to my stomach because I think the man I've been with for a decade might have been abusive, emotionally manipulative all these years. And that's really scary for me to admit. But there's support out there. And there's also so many women who have been through the same thing that you have. Yes. So it's never too late to let it go and make a yes. fresh start. And for all of you men out there, empaths, same to you. Those narcs are, there's yep. no gender. There's no binary label with the narcs. So right. we have two more questions. We got to get no. to them before we run out of time. But be just a quick question for you. How did you get into tarot? This judgment card popped out again. I'm going to keep it out. <laughs> it didn't want to go away. How did I get? So I got into tarot. It was crazy because it was 2019. And I had started my spiritual journey. And I knew about tarot. But I was very reluctant because I'm a, a Virgo. And I tend to be very practical. So if someone gives me some sort of oracle, I'm going to remember it. And I'm going to say, well, okay, well, I'm not going to do that anymore because that might get me in trouble. And so I just didn't want to hear it. And then I had a good friend who did, who did tarot. She used to be really big into it and then just did it for fun. And she asked to do a reading for me. And I told her my reluctance and she's like, well, I actually find that tarot is more just about picking up on the current energies of your life and can actually offer a little bit of guidance around what you might be struggling with or what might be inspiring you and that you're encouraged to step forward into. So I said, okay, and she did it, and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And it, it was crazy because I was like, that's exactly what's going <laughs> on right now. And everything, the, the different colors that came up in the reading, I was really into rainbows at that time. Like my whole room was just like all rainbows. And like five of the cards in her deck just happened to have rainbows on them. So just weird synchronicities happen like that with, with tarot. And then, so Raven, then I went to a New Year's party from 2019 into 2020 which of course was like a big leap because we all know how crazy <laughs> yeah. this decade has been. Or I want to say crazy, massive, like just yeah. a lot going on, right? And it was a small gathering. And after the ball dropped, this girl said, hey, I have a bunch of tarot de decks I brought. Can I bring them out? And I was like, <laughs> hello, tarot again. Interesting. And she sat down with me and she said, which deck would you like me to use? And I kept coming back to this one that was an Arthurian tarot. Because I had just had a past life regression mm -hmm. reading. And during that, it took me back to the Middle Ages, to medieval times where I was like living in a castle and I was in Scotland and just, it was really powerful. And so I kept looking at it. I was like, that's interesting. And she said, you want, you want to do this one, don't you? And I said, yeah. So she did a reading. And then she, when she was done, she looked at me and she said, this doesn't belong to me anymore. This deck is yours. And she handed it to me and Whoa. I was like, Whoa. This feels like an initiation. This feels like I, and then we all know what happened a few months later in March of 2020. And so with my more free time working from home, I just studied tarot and I would work with my cards every day. And the deck came with this whole booklet of things, different spreads to do every single day, how to honor the four seasons and different changes and cycles during the year. And uh, it was just remarkable. And I just fell in love with it and just found so much um, beauty. And it was one of the first times I really connected further with what I believe are guides and spirits that are always around us, messages that are just waiting, hanging around us, waiting for yeah. us to notice them and allow something to bring 
channel it through. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And that whole cycle thing, like I've read your chart for you. Those listening, that is so in line with your, one of your energies in your human design chart. I love that. Mm -hmm. So let's read another one. We've got another question here. Bonnie is asking, I want to travel with my pups, but my friends say I shouldn't travel due to my health. I think I'm fine, but are my friends right? Oh, interesting. Okay. So this is pretty specific. I do want to do a little disclaimer that I'm not a doctor, so we want to be careful about (laughs) medical advice. (laughs) But let's, we'll just let her know what's kind of coming up, right? Okay. So we're going to bring that energy through and we're going to inquire about this question about traveling at this time. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. That's wild. We got the card that comes right after judgment. We got in this deck, it's the universe. The world, yeah. In most decks, it is the world, but we got the universe. So again, (laughs) not a doctor. However, this, the world often means travel. No joke. Obviously the universe, right? Like you're journeying through the cosmos. (laughs) So I don't know. I I see you traveling. I'm going to say it. I see you out there. I see you feeling safe and good. And I think it's time. I think that I'm going to say I feel like this is probably your intuition tugging you to to get out there, to have some movement. Movement and travel can be so powerful. And I I do believe that our intuition guides us in times of stillness and times Mm -hmm. of movement. So when we're feeling called, there will often be people around us who will say, why would you do that? That doesn't make sense right now. And you'll You'll say, I don't know. I just feel it. I feel it's my time. And I i mean, this is definitely oh affirming <laughs> that. That's amazing. I love that. Isn't that, that great? The world is your Fantastic. oyster, Bonnie. The world is your oyster. So just how about we say, well, just consult with your doctor about your health and see if there's any measures. Just let him know yeah. and or her know. Totally. Yeah. Get a plan together. Yeah. Just do your annual checkup, get the clear, and then go explore yes. the universe. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Our last question is from somebody on Instagram. I don't know their name. Kang M Tone 23. So if that's you, you're listening. This is for you. The question is, will I meet my forever soulmate partner? I love this question. Okay. Beautiful question. Very sacred question. All right. So we're going to pull in some energies for this individual. For them meeting their forever soulmate partner. Ooh, oh. The princess of pentacles. Now that's beautiful. So the princess in this deck is the page in most traditional decks. And the pages are all, they're messengers. They're bringing something. And it's also a new beginning. So to me what this is saying, ooh, ooh, I just got this. I just got this strong, which is, it might not be what you think something because the page is always coming in with a little offering of a new beginning, like this little seed. That's how I always think of the, the pages. They're like, hey, here's a little a little seed. It's a little gift. We love the page of pentacles because it's always a good omen, whether it's for a new relationship. The pentacles are all about our foundation in life, our relationships, our work, our home, our family. And it's like a, a little offering. So what I would offer is keep your eyes out. Because sometimes we dismiss things out of hand that we think, oh, that's just, that was just someone that I met at this thing and I probably won't see them again. Or that was, they just got out of a relationship or they're younger than me. And, but this is saying be open to offerings that come your way. Also, I just got this, invitations to events. 
but to answer this person individual's question, to me, this is a yes. It's saying, oh, indeed, oh, indeed, you will meet them, but maybe not as you think, maybe not how you expect. So be open, open yourself to invitations, opportunities, things that come your way. It's a yes time. There's times to say no, to turn things down, and there's times to say yes. And this card is saying it's coming to you, so keep saying yes to things because one of them is going to be a beautiful seed that's really going to blossom into that Beautiful. Thank you so much for those readings, Whit. That's just amazing. So as we close out, share with us more about your podcast, your work that you do, and yeah, how they can connect with you. Yeah. So my podcast is Women Waken, which Raven, I hope to have you on soon as my guest. And it's really all about, well, it's focused on the divine feminine concepts and principles because what I really strive towards in my work is getting people thinking about big questions like, what world do we want to create? How do we want to change? Because I think almost everybody on this planet will say that the way things are, are not working. Definitely not for the majority of people. So I spend most of my time thinking about, what, how can we change this? How can we make this different so that it works for more people, so that we're not struggling with addiction? and disease and depression and all these dependency. So there's the <laughs> big question. But my thing with our audience. Yes, yes. Dependency. <laughs> oh man. It's a, I mean, I will say that there's, there's a book called when society is an addict and it speaks to the fact that basically our whole world is addicted, whether we're in a relationship that's addictive or a substance we're addicted to or stimulation yeah. we're addicted to or low negative self-talk mm. we're addictive to all these things. We become dependent with. We don't know how to separate ourselves from, and therefore we're never really feeling like our own powerful entity. So that's my bigger framework. But on my podcast, I really tried to get into the individual level where people come to the show and they're like, I I don't think that this is who I'm meant to be. I don't think this isn't how I want to live anymore. I feel really down on myself. I don't feel confident. I'm stuck in the past. I went through a lot of stuff and I've I've tried to kind of go to therapy here and there, but I feel like it's still really eating me up and keeps me with these false core beliefs. They may feel real, but I would call them false core beliefs for people when they think that they're not worthy, they're not lovable, they're not good enough, that they don't matter. All these things that can never possibly be true for a human being because we're all divine beings. And that's why I bring in the divine feminine element is that that's what we're missing, both individually and in our world, is the knowingness, the remembering that we are absolutely complete and perfect and remarkable and unharmable as we are. We are always a part of the divine. And when we figure that out, our whole world changes. And when we figure it out individually, our whole life changes because suddenly life becomes more fun. Because speaking of the devil energy and the tarot, when we live in that bondage of believing that we're not good enough, we live in chains and we're not free. We're bound to whether or not that man or that woman wants to date us or whether we can hold a relationship, or whether they approve of us on a certain day, or whether we look a certain way, or achieve a certain amount of success, or have enough money, on and on it goes, all externals. So the show is really about how the divine feminine represents embracing our internal world, and releasing dependency on the externals, and recognizing our true inherent value and worth, and identifying where we're hung up on the externals to define us. And then just as I was speaking of, it's, it's a time of release. So we start to release these 
these things. We start to throw off the chains and we're like, I'm done. And then all of a sudden you feel that heaviness lift and you start to feel that heart opening where you recognize, oh my gosh, I've been loved this whole time. I've been pure love. And I didn't know it because I was so down on myself. So that's obviously a lot. And Raven, you know very well that I have a hard time <laughs> niching things down. Love it. But that, the the core of the show is helping people who would really love to feel better about yeah. who they are and various ways on how to do that by recognizing the best part about it is it's recognizing that you already have everything you ever thought you needed. Exactly. Right. Kind of like, uh, what's her name? In the, I want to say, it's not Alice in Wonderland. In the Wizard of Oz. Oh, Dorothy. Dorothy. That she thinks she needs her red slippers the whole time, but the reality was she could have gone home any second. And that's the thing. If home can be another word for the divine, because we right. all go back to that when we're done with this glorious journey on earth. It doesn't always feel glorious, but I promise you at the end of it, you'll be like, oh my gosh, that was so remarkable and beautiful. Even the yeah. worst parts. From our struggles, so, we get- in a very giant yeah, next there it is. From our struggles, we get <laughs> our gold. And that's what we're, I'm always preaching yes. here is that your power is within. It's not outside yourself at all. So it's such a beautiful podcast. And that's why it's important for all of us to do it individually because the more that we reclaim our power, the less we become dependent on the greater structures in our world right now that kind of we keep tied into. And that's when our world really shifts mm -hmm. because we stop giving our energy to the things that are telling us that we're not enough and that we need this out of the other thing to be enough. And we start saying, no, I don't. And then those systems collapse. And we then we get to then we get to have fun and say, now what? Now how will we create things that these systems are are now irrelevant? Because we exactly. know our power. And, That's and I just interviewed part. Phyllis today. She'll be on the podcast in two Sundays from when you're listening. And she talks to us about that, about how she needs to be a guest on your show. It's America. Her new book is something about bringing therapy to America or something like that. So yeah, it was a really beautiful conversation okay. with her about exactly cool. that topic. Fixing ourselves here awesome. expands and it fixes our community and our society. Mm -hmm. <gasps> yeah. It's been so much fun. Thank you for reading the tarot and being here. And we will link your website and your podcast in show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Womenwaken.com. Womenwaken everywhere on Instagram, on YouTube. Would love for people to check it out and reach out. I'd yes. love to talk to you. She's awakening <laughs> women to their divine soul and their divine essence of who they are and their power. So there you have it. Whitney Walker is amazing. The Women Awaken podcast. Definitely go subscribe to her podcast. You will enjoy it as I will be uh, continuing to coach her and editing her on her content or editing her content. So, gosh, my takeaways from today, there's so many, but the main thread and theme is to lean into your power, which is within yourself, not outside. And no substance, no human, no love connection can really, truly su be sufficient to fulfill your soul. Your soul is here for a purpose. You're in this struggle for a karmic reason, as I always say. And your struggle will produce your gold. If you want personal help in gaining clarity, your authentic power back, and healing to be rid of the narcissist for good, join our empath community and receive sparkle reminder inspiration every Saturday and strategies to heal from narcissist abuse, plus 
Get your free human design chart summary and free 20-minute support call with me. As soon as you're in, I'll gift you your human design reading with your type, strategy, and inner authority. So join now and get your reading within 24 hours. I'm so grateful for you listening, finding the show, and sharing it with your friends. It would give a great boost in the heart-centered algorithm to rate and review this podcast if you are enjoying it. Take a screenshot, share it on your socials, share it in a text message to a friend that you know right now needs to be pulled out of the quicksand. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. I just wanna make it last Try to let go of the past I close my eyes, embrace the blast Sleepless nights and headaches stack Restlessness to hell and back What's my purpose, what do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack And sometimes you just gotta believe There's something that'll give you relief There's something that'll have what you need What you need We're broken, it's tragic, we're not all in 